1: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
2: Welcome to the fire.
3: Welcome to the Fire Boys. My name is Parker McDonald. And I'm Walter Lee, and we'll be
4: your hosts on this episode of the Southern Collective Hunting Podcast. you're a new hunter trying to learn the basics
3: or you're a veteran woodsman just trying to get through your work day there's always a place at our campfire for you
4: speaking of the fire we would love it if you guys would join our growing patreon community and be a part of the best and only digital deer camp south of mason dixon line
3: come on if you'd like and learn more click on the link in the show notes but for now walt welcome Welcome to to the fire
4: All right, welcome back to another episode of the Southern Collective. We have got an all-star cast here from all corners of the South. We are sore. Uh, I have got some small blisters on the back of my heels. Uh, I bent over earlier uh, to, to pick something up off the floor, and I described the climb back up as punchy. Um, and uh, I'm just happy to be here. And I think... The only way we can really start this episode, we're we're recapping the first ever Soko Deer Camp. One that I am just, as I go through my day today and on the drive home, I came away with a feeling of gratitude, like I am so happy to be doing this with you guys I'm so happy that we had the opportunity to get together as a crew and and learn from each other, and we 're going to talk about a lot of that um, and I think the only way we can really start this is with gratitude for Parker um, because he gave up. I mean, just the coordinates to where deer were uh, and really went all out to host us. Um, that resulted in a five point for me, Brett. I mean, you shot a freaking monster.
2: Yeah, man.
3: A big, in. big, in. a 10, a clean 10. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, look at that, I, Parker. I just want to say thanks, man, for everybody. On behalf of everybody, I mean, you gave us intel. You gave us a spot. You went and scouted it ahead of time for us to make sure the water levels are where they were supposed to be. Um, as somebody who who uh, knows how hard public land hunting can be and what goes into it, I mean, to to give that all up for us, man that's a that's a big deal. So I want to say thanks for hosting us, dude. I mean, this is that was an awesome time.
3: Yeah, man. Well. You know, I said a lot like there are there's like things that you can do in every state, right, that are that are outside of the box, maybe just a little bit. Doesn't have to be a lot, just a little bit Um, through this this past season. I've learned that without having access to to like a watercraft really for the majority of the season, uh, I haven't really been able to do that. So I've kind of had to rely on some other things. Um, but one, one of the things that I've learned is that every state kind of has its thing that maybe people aren't thinking about. Uh, seriously, we went to Missouri and the people who experienced the most pressure were the guys that were trying to go in by boat. Um, which is freaking hilarious (laughs) to me. Like they were going in and getting walked in on Mm. and getting driven in on. And so really it it worked out in their advantage. It's a, a video that's up. It worked out in their advantage and Isaac eventually killed a big buck back there. Um, and so even, even with the pressure, still the water access in that case really paid off. Uh, and I think you guys got to experience a little bit of that. And Walt, I know you've done it some in Florida. Um, and it, you know, I I don't know, you, you answer this, you might be able to answer this better. It seems like in Florida, Mm uh, in places like Florida, South Georgia, Uh, Louisiana, maybe that is not always the creative access because that's what people are so used to have to doing.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, we also have a culture of water, right? And so like there, yeah. there's a, everybody's got a pickup truck and a John boat and a rifle and a four-wheeler, right? And so realistically, if you need one of those four, you, it's already at your fingertips and maybe you need to spend a thousand dollars on a long tail so you can get to where you want to get to. Uh, but there's kind of a, a culture of being on the water it's hot around here so we spend a lot of time i think on the water trying to cool off um but i think even then there are is opportunity you just have to look for it right it might not be pretty woods it might be uh immediately adjacent to private land and that guy might be a bit of a butt right And you're kind of you're kind of walking a line with your with your access yeah. um Maybe you still have to walk a long ways, even though you're water accessing it, right? Water access, you know, for you and I, sometimes we're talking, man, I mean, I've taken pictures where I'm hanging over the water because the tree bends out away from the bank, right? Um, but I mean, some of the places that I water access, I'm going to have to walk in a good clip. Um, and it's just, it's yeah. a wind thing, less so of an access thing.
3: Yeah, man, it's 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 pretty cool. I, I was stoked for you guys to come in here and... Uh, we had a heck of a good weekend that we're going to recap today. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I had I had a blast. It was, I'll be honest with you. So, we can talk about this a little bit. I I haven't got to hunt Alabama. Alabama, like I said, I've been out of town, like, literally without a truck. My truck's been parked at the Tether headquarters. <laughs> uh, so, even when I was home for the few days at a time, I wasn't getting to hunt Alabama. So, I literally walked in, what was last Monday? It would have been, like, November the the uh, 27th maybe something like that was my first day in the woods and i nearly walked into the woods without buying a license because <laughs> i pulled in i pulled in the boat ramp and i started getting out getting my stuff ready and i was like oh crap <laughs> i still need to buy my, my alabama license so I, I got my family license real quick uh paddled into a spot i, I didn't i didn't use my kayak at all last year um and I used, my, I used my kayak that day, and I didn't see a freaking deer one. I didn't see a thing, which is going to be important for what we're talking about. I hunted like I normally hunt. I hunt. Um, I, I love, especially deer in the rut, um, I love that first light action is typically pretty good. And then you get like 930, kind of seems to be like a magic time. Um, and we actually got to experience a little bit later magic time. Uh, in this past week and we're gonna we're gonna discuss it and kind of break it down a little bit but i didn't see a freaking deer one but the thing that i did see was a lot more sign in places that aren't typical mm-hmm. like places especially last year people listened to southern ground last year me and matt talked about it a lot um we talked about this north alabama rut was just garbage last year um bucks didn't seem to be chasing, does didn't seem to be going into heat, there was no food, Uh, there was no acorns on the ground, the only food that they had it seemed like was, we had a drought beforehand, so the only food it seemed like they had was like green fields maybe, and corn piles, right? Like people on on corn piles were still seeing deer. Matt, you kind of can attest to that, you really focused on your private land spots a lot more last year because that kind of just seemed to be the only kind of places that were that bucks were hanging around yeah. or doing anything somewhat normal during the rut definitely
0: yeah it was, it was strange man and that's i mean me and you had planned to do some hunts together and we just kind of scrapped all that because of how down everything was um and that just yeah. was the struggle all last year but man did it flip this year
3: it did it did and and it was crazy like walking into the woods that day after having not, usually I'm able to keep up with all this stuff, right? Like I'm keeping tabs on doe groups. I know what the deer density is like in these areas. And I know when the bucks start laying down sign um, and I start keying in on areas this year, I really didn't have the ability to do that. But what I have noticed and what is a true testament to our success through this weekend is that I haven't, I have yet to walk into a place that, Didn't have a lot of sign, Um, like stupid amounts of sign, like the kind of sign you would find in way better states to hunt. And you can follow social media and see that Alabama is producing more deer and more bigger deer this year than ever before. Uh, And I think it has to do with the fact that a lot of bucks just lived last year because they didn't get caught in the daylight. Um, they weren't doing the thing and a lot of two and a half year old made it to th- three and a half, which is in this area, typically a decent buck. You know what I mean? A three and a half year old deer is an a, one that most guys are going to shoot. Um, and then the three and a half year olds made it to four and a half and so on and so forth. And I just think <laughs> not this weekend, I, I think it's, yeah, not this weekend. They didn't, uh, <laughs> they definitely didn't. We, we took out an entire three generations of whitetail bucks, <laughs> Uh, out of one place, <laughs> uh, but it was fun as crap. And and here's the deal, man. Like I, I'm just excited about what the remainder of the season that that I've got. That me and me and Matt and Brett, we ain't got a whole lot of Bama season left to go <laughs> if uh, if things keep working in our favor like they have. Um, and to be honest with you, I'm I, I'm happy about that. It's it's fun, but it does feel, for me personally, it kind of feels like, like, man, it's already almost over. You know what I mean? Like,
0: yeah,
3: <laughs> I'm probably gonna get humbled now. It
0: started so quick, uh, you know.
3: It... <laughs> yeah, it is, but it was it was a crazy weekend, and um, I, I got to say, man, we, we'd be we'd be uh, making a mistake if we didn't mention Pablo in the yeah. podcast too, <laughs> because the weekend kind of started with Pablo. Mm-hmm. Um, Poor guy. Okay. It, it <laughs> feels so it, bad. For it it him. didn't
0: end with Pablo Pablo, but it started. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And it
3: wasn't the end for Pablo either. He's still alive and kicking <laughs> he's good. Uh, he didn't He's still with us, but uh, he actually Pablo, he uh, he called me today and we were talking about it. He, dude is itching to get get back in the woods. Um but we were planning on meeting you guys out there. Y'all want to just, can, can I just start? Well, we let me, let me get, get let into me just it. Or you want to do something Yeah, else? I just
4: want to give uh, one more quick shout out of appreciation. Um, and this seems really silly, or maybe, uh, maybe it doesn't seem significant to you guys. Uh, but we were able to get an Airbnb that we really needed badly. Um, it rained a tremendous amount uh, this weekend, and uh, we were able to pay for that via patreon funds and we've got a couple new patrons so i just before we gloss past that i just want to give a shout out uh to brad bolton and uh there's one more why did it just go away just refresh brad bolton sorry guys i had this at my fingertips and drum roll drum roll Ugh. we had somebody uh, joshua raposo raposo uh,
3: both signed up this yes week. josh yep. I know Josh. Um, Josh is a great dude. We went on an SOA hunt together. Yeah.
4: yeah. I mean, he was a patron for a little while there. Sweet and he, just, he just re-signed, uh, signed up for us. Um, but I, I mean it earnestly when I say that probably saved the hunt because primitive camping getting, I think I saw we got about two and a half inches of rain. Um, that just is not going to pan well. Um, so I just want to say thanks to you guys. I'm really appreciative of everybody who financially supports this show.
3: Yeah. heck yeah. yeah
0: brett and i don't
3: primitive camp when the weather's right <laughs> <dry. laughs> and and let's just let's just be let's just be honest um you really just paid for walt to get to watch a football game that had a less than desirable outcome for
4: you're lucky there's a pastor on this uh call because i about flicked you off man i was not cool you didn't have to go that low
3: <laughs> well well I mean it was Hey but I
4: handled it like a champ. I was FaceTiming my son in like the final four minutes of that video wasn't he, or that of that debacle and uh I didn't show my butt too bad.
5: Okay. What does that G in the background stand for? Is that uh good? It's it's <laughs> for gone, like our hopes and dreams. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it was though, man. It was gonna be rough this weekend. If, yeah. if y'all would have done gone with the original plan we've done it me and dad have done it out there oh. before and it ain't freaking sunshine and rainbows for sure especially when you're planning on doing a lot of water accessing um you know i can i can kind of deal with walking in the rain mm-hmm. you know it's not that bad you get get your good uh rain jacket maybe some rain pants if it's bad enough it ain't that bad to walk in and and climbing kind of sucks but whatever going out in the water in the rain dude like there's a lot of things that people maybe don't think about and that is fog you know it was for this one it was warm weather and rain Mm -hmm. which immediately creates just a stupid fog on the water and and then you start talking about rain you start talking about like uh driftwood and stuff like that that gets because we haven't had a ton of rain and so it gets washed out the water levels are super low there's blowdowns everywhere and it gets washed out. That's how my boat got broken last year.
5: Yeah. Tore Um, up your
3: boat. Same, same thing. And, and so it does add a lot of challenges. And so you guys were able to, to still do some water access, uh, but also kind of figure some things out to where, you know, I think another thing benefit was that the rain does keep people away. Um, it's just another factor. It's not going to keep everyone away, but it does keep a lot of people away. Um, just another factor that I think goes into the success um, and the time frames in which we hunted, I think goes into a lot of the success or at least the time frames when we had sick, when we when we killed you know yeah. what I mean um, I think that I think that went into it big time, but you know <laughs> i I was, I was starting talking about Pablo poor guy uh ruptured his what is it called Plant, plantar's fas- plantar plantar's fascia. fascia is it fascia, fascia. yeah fascia, yeah. fascia. fascia. whatever yeah. it is no
4: nope, that's a condition
3: <laughs> wouldn't that be like the simple yeah yeah, yeah that's that would sim- be the, the-
0: yeah.
3: that's what he has he ruptured it though and we were just we were just flipping walking Um, And I want to tell this story because Pablo is a freaking champ, dude. When you actually realize what happened to him, like he deserves better friends. Really was, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, dude. (laughs) He really does not. We don't deserve Pablo. Uh, That guy, that guy is the freaking best. And I don't think I have to convince anyone otherwise. If you've just heard him heard him speak, you probably like him. Um, But we're just free. we, We were he had asked me if I wanted to go and I was like, yeah, all the boys are coming. Let's go. Let's meet them out there. So we even took his boat. Son of gun drove, <laughs> took his boat and uh, I hadn't been out there much. So, and I knew the water levels were low. And so we just wanted to make a quick run up to a spot um, just to make sure that it was good, at least up to there. Cause this was areas that you and I Walt had mm-hmm. kind of discussed um, prior and and it was a place that it it was in an area that usually the rut kicks off first. Um, It it, it just starts, it may just be a couple days, but it seems like it just sparks a little bit earlier right there. Um, It's an area that typically doesn't get as much pressure. Um, Like I said, it's a little bit harder to make that boat run a little more pucker factor Mm -hmm. with it. Um, And, and so a lot of people don't, don't use that area nearly as much. Uh, and I told you before, like I, I talked about that area on a podcast once with, um, God, I can't remember who it was. It was on a local legends podcast, but he was saying that he, there's some places that he hunts that he just knows at some point one year, mm-hmm. they're just going to explode because it just has that factor. And it may not be there for whatever reason, any specific year, but it just has that factor. And when he said that this, it, this spot immediately came to my mind because I had just discovered it the year, the, the. January before it was a late season. I was just kind of slip hunting and scouting for next year for the next year. And that was about four or five years ago, I think. And I told you before, before you guys got here, that is the area that I have only ever seen a buck. I've only ever seen Mm -hmm. bucks there. Um, And it really does have with, with the exception of last season. uh, I've nearly seen a buck every single time I've sat there. That doesn't mean he was always big, but I have seen a buck there every year. And, um, so when we got there, we, we, we kind of talked, I know you, Walt, you had kind of really, there was a spot that I honestly still think was going to produce if you'd hunted it. Like it was, it was a dang good spot and the deer were there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, the pressure water levels were low. Y'all saw that it, it just isn't going to be as bad during that point. Um, and I think, I think that was still going to be a good spot. So you were going to go hunt there. Me and Pablo were just going to go up there. And I had, you know, a little bit of expectation just because seasons passed. It had, it had been good other than last year. It had been pretty decent, but I didn't know what to expect. But when, right when we got there in the, in the mud, I started seeing tracks everywhere. There's tracks all over the place, which was not super typical. Um, that meant that there were more deer, just more deer in general using the area me because that's usually like the first thing I'm looking for when I go and scout an area is those tracks in the mm-hmm. just next to the water um me and Pablo get out and we make a plan and we start we start walking and I mean we're not even doing anything hard like we're not even like going up a super steep anything but there was one spot where I had to grab onto a root wad to pull myself up and once I got up there I reached out my hand to pull Pablo up it was kind of just like a little just a little step up and I reached down my hand to pull Pablo up and he grabbed it and he took a step and and it wasn't even, he didn't do much. It wasn't like crazy. And he just like, you could see it in his face, dude. His, he just turned pale white. It was like, Oh my God. <laughs> it's yeah. like my foot is on fire, dude. <laughs> and he was, <laughs> he was like, I didn't, I didn't know what happened. He's like, dude, I just heard a loud pop, man. And I was like, I, Let's go back to the boat. That was my first yeah. first thing I said, dude. Let's go back. I don't want it to get dark and have to drag you out of here if you can't walk. Yep. I don't want to go further <laughs> if you can't walk. And he was like, "No, dude, we're already here. Go kill you a buck, you know, because <laughs> that's, that's just that's that's him. That's just yep. Pablo. That's just Pablo. He wanted he wanted he genuinely wanted somebody to kill something." Mm-hmm. Because he wanted to make it worth it that he was now injured and I think he knew how serious yeah. it was because he could feel yeah. it um, I didn't you know what I mean like I I didn't know I got up in the tree and I start like googling what happened and googled what it what it was and I was like oh my gosh pa, like we're gonna and I, I texted him I was like hey dude you okay and it took him for ever to text me back and i was like pablo died he's he's done he fell (laughs) off he fell off the mountain and i i've got to explain to his wife why we didn't leave yeah when he first got hurt and now he's dead and i can't do anything about it so i'm just gonna sit here until he texts me back and he did finally text me back and he said uh he said i'm good my foot hurts that was it (laughs) okay cool so we go on about the day. You guys end up going and hunting and finding sign, right? Yep. Like you were pretty confident with the sign you found.
4: I, I feel like Matt and I were just like in the sauce. I mean, Friday, we, we walked past just a, it was one of those things where we pulled the boat up. What?
0: I wasn't with you. I'm talking.
2: You're about,
4: on the wrong day. You're on the wrong
3: day. you skip Which a one head. am I talking about?
4: Oh, I'm thinking about. I'm You're th-
3: talking about. I'm talking about the You're day about that you evening, and Brett Thursday went evening. and hunted.
4: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that was that was yep, a good day. spot too because you 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 have this bank that's just exposed, and there was a saddle between these these two points. Um, and we planned on climbing one of those points and going in there and finding tracks. Um But all along the bank, you have. We found a persimmon tree that is just. Loaded with persimmons, which this time of year, if you guys aren't familiar with persimmons, they're normally gone like what October, November at the absolute latest.
3: Yeah, and I found another one two days ago. Did th- the same, really, over there where I where I killed the where I killed really. the buck out on uh, Sunday. Well, it was there was another persimmon tree still holding. It, the- it was loaded, and then there were
4: white oaks, and then there were um, what I think were swamp chestnut oaks. They were the real long mat. You can correct me. The long. Uh, kind of like cow looking oaks. They were kind of rather cylindrical and long. Is that it?
3: I think those would be just, just chestnut.
4: chestnut ed- oaks, yeah, Right. Those are chest- just chestnut. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. forester. Which
3: sometimes can be preferable. It just depends on the tree. Like right. I've seen them pass them up and a lot of people say they don't like them. But in West Virginia, I found one that was just absolutely getting demolished. Yeah. So it's just kind of, I think just dependent on the tree. Very dependent on the tree with those. Is that right, Matt? You would probably know yeah, better.
0: Yeah, I mean, they. I don't see them eat them around here, but like you said, up up north, sometimes people talk about that they'd nail them. But if that's their only preference, because typically those trees grow in more mountainous areas, rougher terrain, higher elevation.
4: That's right. And there was no shortage right. of feed sign around the, the both. Like you could tell there were there were uh, mountain chestnuts that were crunched in half and clearly being eaten, whether that was a squirrel. I don't think it was because it tends to be like the little tinier bits and whatnot. But um, as we progressed,
3: you were also on, you were also on water's edge too, which is going to, what I have found is those, those acorns tend to, those trees tend to produce better acorns, right? Mm -hmm. Like you've kind of seen that uh, in a lot of water access spots just because of And it may just be that there's more things around the water's edge that attract them. And so they just eat those as well. Um, just because there's so many things right there that they can eat. I don't know. I I really, I truly don't know, but I do notice heavier feed sign on less desirable. Acorns next to the water. I
4: think there's also something to be said for it being cl- lower in the water table. You know, when you're up there, you're seeing topsoil. Like you can look at the bank and you see a thin layer of topsoil and then granite slabs underneath it. And so uh, I imagine when you're having as dry a year as you guys are having, the closer you are to that water table, the more likely those acorns are to be, and I'm just going to say air quotes here, healthy right? Like to be preferable, right? Um, there could be a Mm -hmm. mineral, you know, if you don't have enough water, your trees can't get the minerals that they need, uh, through absorption. And so if the water table is healthier, I imagine that plays a role in that. Um, we see that with vegetables all the time that we grow, right? You can, you can grow vegetables on minimal water, but they don't have the nutritional value that you need. So, um, I'm not a forester, so I'll defer to Matt on that, on that idea, but, um, He's a forester.
3: Uh Uh
0: (laughs) Yeah.
4: He can do it. it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But – you know, we're, we're walking in, we got minimal daylight, you know, we drove throughout the day, uh, I was late, surprise. Um, and uh, so we were kind of shy on time, we get to this, this valley, basically, because the, the the water was low, we come to this valley, and you see this crossing, and it's like trail, 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 real big trail, fresh tracks. Um, and you've got food sources here, we're kind of in between these two private chunks. Um, and Brett and I pretty quickly looked at each other and said, let's just go put our backs up against that tree and just see if we can't do an observation hunt and see something coming
3: across. Um, All right. All right. Well, I'm going to stop you there because I want to know Brett's thoughts here because I was surprised y'all did that. I was really surprised y'all did that, especially with Brett being with you because Brett is always talking about hunting the thick stuff, got to be in the thick stuff, get in there with them. You know, that's what I've heard Brett say that. If I've heard him say it once, I've heard it. 15,000 times that's his style of hunting so brett what was your for real thoughts or were you just like we don't have a whole lot of time there's tracks here let's just sit down
2: yeah we really didn't have a whole lot of time because where we wanted to go we had to keep hiking then go up a mountain then try to climb and by then it'd be like four o'clock almost it seemed like if not later so there was a big saddle in between them two ridges with drainages that were identical on both sides, and the trail that was coming across there was was just beat down. And then there was tracks going three to four different directions all in one spot, and we could see both hillsides. So, with minimum time, it was—I feel like it was still a good chance to see something.
3: Yeah, and it, and it, I, w- I wouldn't say it wasn't a good chance to see something um dad you know as well as i do it's you've been here this time of year it's not rare especially in the evenings to see these deer come off the hills and get water do with, do the thing you know and and, and and when it's the rut either it just all it takes is a hot doe wanting to do that you know what i mean like it, it don't take much but i know we we've got a lot of deer to talk about so i need to talk about this deer uh you guys set up round Three thirty, three o'clock maybe I got set up a little bit earlier than y'all 2 o'clock Pablo I didn't know but he immediately just went back to the boat and he just sat in the boat the whole time <laughs> he didn't tell me that until I until later but uh, it, dude's a champ man I appreciate Pablo for sticking it out for me uh, even though I would have man I just don't know if I would have done it as, if I knew how much pain he was in um, but around 4 o'clock uh, or around three 30, I would say I grunted and we went into this spot a little bit different and I talked about it maybe on a podcast, but I know I told Pablo before that I, I wanted to start hunting my home areas more similar to how I hunt out of state because it seemed to be more effective. And I think it's really easy for us, especially at home to just get so used to deer doing a certain thing and being in a certain way and always being in the same spot and always accessing it the same way because it may worked out once or twice for us it's easy to get stuck in that pattern. And so I wanted to hunt a little bit differently. And so even though it was a wrong wind direction for this spot, typically I decided to hunt it just a little bit different, took the long way around to get to it because I believe that the bucks were betting off a particular point right here and I could still get around them. Um, But I thought maybe on a different wind direction, they may be bedding somewhere else, Um, which is what Brett saw them bedding somewhere else. And in, in, in a more desirable wind scenario, and that's what I saw with my deer as well. In a in just a, he was bedded just a little bit differently than I would normally hunt him. I would have probably blown him out if I would have went in the normal way. To be honest with you, um, so I do a grunt, and around four o'clock I hear the footsteps, and it was just an unmistakable. That is a deer. I know statistically I've never seen a doe here. I've literally never seen a doe in this spot. I probably would have if I had hunted it this year. Um, But to this point, I've never seen a doe here. So I'm like, there's a good chance it's going to be a buck. So I get my gun up immediately. I see the deer. I see that it's a buck. And he's turned sideways. And I'm like, "Uh, he's not a shooter. I'm not going to shoot him. Um, And then he turns at me. And I see that he has eight points, at least eight points. And he's rather wide and i was like all right yep so, so hold on hold on
4: before you before you go any further <laughs> brett right about this time asks me hey how far is parker from us i'm like he's just across this little saddle behind us we'll be able to hear him if he shoots and i swear to you this must have been happening as i'm saying that
3: <laughs> so so this buck comes out and and it, like like i said i wasn't going to shoot him then i was pretty much yeah i'm going to shoot him and and it was it was cool because I knew that he was probably going to come straight to me to that grunt because he was he just had that look to him mm-hmm. you know like he had just woke up you know what I'm saying like stretching it, I feel like he was bedded under a hundred yards from me probably and and so he just kind of eased his way and I just knew he was coming to me and what I know now is that there was actually a scrape right there that he was he probably thought I had come. Made that scrape and was coming to check it. And, uh, so rest history. He walked into probably 40 yards, maybe, and I shot him and, uh, was super, like, I couldn't believe it. It was my second sit in Alabama. And I was like, it it was, and immediately I'm like, oh no, Pablo, there's no way Pablo can get up here. (laughs) (laughs) This is not happening. And, uh, And so he, he texts me and I called him, whatever. I found out that he was just sitting in the boat and, uh, and that kind of kicked off our, our weekend, man. You guys came and, and we had a good time celebrating in the woods. I I think all of us were kind of like, well, this was was a little unexpected. Yeah. (laughs) I was was mad
0: I wasn't there yet. (laughs) God, well, we, we didn't busy. really care
3: because you were still living off the joy of a big old buck. So we were just kind of not feeling sorry <laughs> for you at all.
0: <laughs> I understand.
3: <laughs> you and Brett were just over there killing stuff. Yeah. And we we're just kind of like, well, I guess we'll work. The poor were over here trying to figure out how we were going to make end meat. You know,
4: I mean, it was it, it was cool, though, like because we got to put we, we show up at the boat. We drop our packs um, I've never hunted with a buddy in the sense that we' were able to pack deer out, right, and we talk all the time about having this opportunity to create content in a fashion together that kind of captures camp that that captures more of the story than you can do it when there's only one person running a camera right and we're coming through these trees, and to me, I'm fulfilling this like childhood fantasy of like coming through open hardwoods because we just don't have that around here really and so i'm coming through and every once in a while i see the the blink of like parker's light we're getting closer and closer and closer and then you see you know the 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 body of the deer coming out and you get to walk up on your buddy and give him a big old hug and and uh you know clean the deer out and hear it hear the whole story and it's just man that was just so much fun man
3: yeah and all the marco polo stuff that we were able to do like when you're by yourself um matt you you really hadn't been by yourself a whole lot this year but uh, Brett, I know you have a little bit, it's hard to do all of it. You're trying to film, you're trying to get those good shots. You're trying to also share the moment with my dad, right? Like I, I want to call him, mm-hmm. I want to talk to him, but, but the we, at some point you got to get the deer out of there, you know, like you can't just, you can't just sit there and, and do stuff the whole time. And so you're trying to clean the deer, then you get all bloody and you're like, I want to polo this, <laughs> you know, like, fomp, um, fomp but it, it's so much easier. You can do all of it when when the whole team is there right like that's that, that's kind of the, the the whole point of it yeah is that like I can do I can do some cool stuff by myself, but we can do a whole lot stinking more mm-hmm. uh when we're all together there and it's it was that was a lot of fun um and normally when when it's me and dad um dad's having to take pictures of me which by the way, <laughs> Son of a gun, knocked it out of the dude. park with those other pictures. That looked like yeah. I should have paid him money for I it. I
4: mean, it, did you? <laughs> did you apologize for your childhood? Because I guarantee I mean, you, you owed him an apology at a bare minimum for what
0: you did <laughs> then. But,
4: dude, those pictures. I'm I'm sitting here like gawking at him, and you're like, "Dad, crush it!" I'm like, "Whoa, wh- where was that kind of dad for me?" Because my dad, dad couldn't those? have taken photos like that, man. I'm telling you. <laughs>
3: Hey, it was amazing. Like I was really expecting it to take some time yeah. to get the right angles. And I looked at him and I was like, we can leave now. Those are good.
5: <laughs> but, but truthfully, every time that I've ever taken pictures from him, he always gives me the, oh, these are the best dad. You just did so good. And he pats me and yeah, dad, man, I can use these. And like, so I don't know which side he's on right now. I hope they're okay.
3: No, they really are good. They're really good. But. Uh, but but you know usually that's the case, but it's just so much better. Yeah, like I, Brett the other day, you were te- we were FaceTiming and talking about the camera angles and stuff, and that's just hard to do, man. Like it's it's hard to do that. We can do it all better like that, and so that was a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. Appreciated that, and the whole time Pablo's sitting in the boat, post- <laughs> <laughs> so I got to well, tell him, it, Pablo dude. I appreciate it because the son- that he was just. He was a champ. He would never complained about it. He was happy about it the whole time. Yep. And he's like, man, we still killed a big buck. That's, yep. that's how he feels. He don't feel. It was, it was funny too. because You he, wouldn't
5: expect anything else from him. No, you really wouldn't. No. I mean, that's just his nature. Yeah. That's
3: who he is. Um. So thanks Pablo. You're the best.
4: I feel like we needed to but do. One, uh, the uh, end, what's the?
3: There is more.
4: What's the uh, uh, the Humane Society song? We need to do a tribute to to Pablo with it. In the arms of an angel, <laughs> fly
3: away. I'm done. I promise.
4: I'm going to end my end of this right here. But yeah, no, we, we kept so, going.
3: So, so it, it seemed like um, it, the it seemed like Brett got in the zone at some point at some point in there i wasn't able to be there we had my grandmother's funeral the next day and so i was able i was having to experience the whole thing via text but it seems like maybe at some point brett just got a little serious <laughs> matt <laughs> he got a little serious in him <laughs> yeah matt you want to take uh, this one
0: oh yeah this was great like i and this was our first time hunting together like it was just such a like i had high high expectations for the trip but just to meet these guys, see how they, you know, acted in the woods, you know, because we can talk about it on a podcast all we want to. But, uh, we're riding in the boat and, you know, me and Walter back there just hee hawing, whatever. I've got a wet ear in, just, just going. And, uh, I'm, I'm getting some footage and, uh, we're like trying to talk to Brett and he's like focused, like laser focused. We, we couldn't leave the house until he had his exact tree picked out on, on the map. <laughs> but, uh, it, it worked out for him. He said no,
3: but uh, <laughs> they
2: that, that ain't what that was. <laughs> exactly.
3: But what was it? Tell us. Tell us. We want to know. What are you smoking?
2: No, it was because of the wind. I was. I didn't start getting frustrated and Eagle <laughs> because there was. There's no way I could get around this thicket without my wind blowing <laughs> into into it. What I wanted to hunt, so I was trying to look at every single possible detail to figure out how i can make it work and i eventually just told myself to get boots on the ground just figure it out while you're in there and
0: that's that's where i'll come back with i learned a lot you know we've said this a couple times i've learned a lot this weekend um from being you know we can be nonchalant we can be very serious you know which route do we want to take but um we end up getting to where we were going to hunt and drop Brett off and Walt's like asking him, what's what's the moon phase? Like what's, you know, just <laughs> yanking his chain, you know, and Brett Brett was ready to go. He got out of that thing and got his uh, oatmeal cream pie, his OCP, and he, uh, he hit the woods.
2: I forgot I had that in my pocket.
0: <laughs> he, that's all it took was that OCP, but he got up there and he was game on and Walt and I pushed off the bank, and we were like, "He he ain't playing no games. Like he is, uh, he's ready to go." Yeah, and I yeah, love, I love it. I love
4: it. I look, I look at the camera, and at one point, I don't know if this will make the cut or not, but I look at the camera and I go, "Here's what's going to happen. Brett's going to be super laser focused. He's going to get in there. He's going to get set up. And 15 minutes after he goes, all right, I've got this." Oh, my seven mag is going to go off and he's going to have to climb down and, and, and come over to me. And so we recorded that. And that's not what happened. <laughs> not even close.
0: <laughs> no. Now, Brett, you t- so in in your laser focus of being up there, what like the spot that you were going to, like, what were you seeing going to that spot?
2: uh y'all call it late laser focused but that's just my normal that i I don't realize how meticulous and how exactly I think until I was around a bunch of other people and realized that maybe just the way I do things is a lot
0: different Well, it, you, your your but, results are different and that mm-hmm. shows
3: but it hadn't always been i i i don't feel i never felt that way like uh when we turkey hunted together and when we when we uh were in when we did the the very first patreon hunt uh deer hunt that I was on in in Florida I, you you really didn't have that like i didn't I didn't see at least see that side of you,
2: yeah, well when we turkey hunted, I'm not worried about wind and scent and little minor details Turkey hunt's more of a you know Figuring out where the birds are and hearing them. My problem is hearing them, but because <laughs> I can't hear very well. At the end, when we were in the Patreon hunt, I was off with somebody else on the boat, so I wasn't wasn't really around till ten o'clock at night and gone early in the mornings.
3: Well, I I, I just it, it would be unexpected. I think it would be unexpected for me because I just hadn't seen that side of you.
0: It was needed. It was good.
3: Yes. Yeah. yeah,
2: I guess. Go ahead, buddy. Go ahead. Go buddy. ahead. I forgot the question, <laughs> so. <have> <laughs> it
3: wasn't a question. Just talk about your big buck.
2: <laughs> uh, I just. It had been raining that day, so I just took my time and slipped up and just eased around these ridges and just really paid attention to everything and kept going. I went in a ways and I seen some pretty good sign and a spot that I could see in the thicket pretty well. And I was like, hey, I don't know. It looks good, but I don't think it's a spot. So I kept going. I pushed a little further and I started finding a lot of uh blowdowns and I kind of swung out away from the the actual thicket, just trying to keep my wind out of as much as I could. And I ended up coming to a big drain that had a scrape like every 15 feet. There was about six or seven in this one little area. And then there was a big old helium balloon sitting there. <laughs> and uh, I was like, hang it looks good here. And, and when I seen that, I, I stopped for a long time and I just looked like, why is this here? You know, there's blowdowns all around. I'm like, that could be bedding, I think. I think these deer are dropping down and going out towards uh, some private. And I was like, this could be a good spot to sit to see deer. I was like, but if they're coming here, I think they're coming from there, and I think they're going to prefer that as their bedding. So I continued to push on, and then I crossed through a, a good section of deadfalls, but I had a through, and I was just being real quiet, going through it because I knew I was close to possible bedding at that point. Even in the dead falls and on the edge of that thicket, and I when I get in there, I start start my my spidey senses start going off. I'm like, mm, it's getting better and better. I can just I don't know. I get a feeling that comes over, when I start getting in what I think is just good buck area. So I get in there and start slowly, found a tree. Uh, It wasn't 100% ideal because my wind was blowing right up this thicket. I was kind of sitting basically in a drain with two ridges, one kind of to my left, one to my right. The one to my right was closer to the private, and my wind was blowing into it. So I just kind of got where my wind would blow in the middle of that. So hopefully I could see a deer before he got to my wind. It was kind of my thinking when I got in there. If he come from private, I could see him. If he come from over here, hopefully I could see him before he got there to my downwind. And I faced looking to where my wind was blowing that way. I was, you know, can make sure I see a deer hopefully before he got there. And uh, I went through that bunch of deadfall back behind me and a lot of it butted up to this big thicket and then these two ridges with a draw running up running up it and I was kind of sitting the base of it and the base of it, it was pretty thick and there was some scrapes in it, which I didn't notice until I climbed up but I was sitting there and I seen one doe at some point on top of the hill running and it wasn't too far from where my wind was, but she come from where my wind wasn't, so I was was kinda unsure and she never blew that I heard. So we're just hanging out and after a while around three fifty or so when the when the moon was straight underfoot your major movement time I caught a glimpse of something kinda back over my left shoulder on the other bottom side of the other ridge. And I see a big body deer. I didn't know exactly what it was, but it was coming from the edge of the dead falls and the, and the thicket. And it was just walking the base of this hill next to the thicket. And he ended up cutting down in the drain where I was. And when he cut down, I could see him. I could see he had real good beams. It looked like a really nice eight-point. So I get jacked up and get ready Um, because i knew the guys were on the other side of this big thicket from me (laughs) and uh, i told them i wasn't shooting anything unless it was good (laughs) so if they heard me shoot then just be ready it's gonna be something good and i sit there for the longest time i felt like i'm like this deer i don't know that he hit this draw get straight away from me so i take my grunt call my trusted grunt call and i make these two soft grunts and point it back in the opposite way from him and Sit there and turn the camera on. And not long after I seen him, he started making a scrape. And he starts coming towards me. And I got the gun on him, and I'm still trying to decide if I want to shoot this deer. I'm like, he's got good beans, but I can't quite tell because he just came out of this thick spot. And he was coming towards me. He was only about 35 yards, and he just stopped like, and started backing up i was like well else mm-hmm. now or never he just smelt me and he was getting ready to turn and bolt so i already had the crosshairs on him and i just let him have it <laughs> and he he tore he tore out across that thicket up that hill and i was like did i miss this deer because i'm used to him dropping with his rifle so i watched him run off and i took mental notes of where he was and i took pictures and on my pictures, I drew circles where I last seen him, and, and I drew a line of how I thought he ran. So when I got out there in this thicket, I could look back at my tree, and I had something to go off of to be able to look for him. And called all the boys and told my shot one. Well, they called me actually, I think. <laughs> Well, R.N.A. texts me like, did you just
0: shoot? <laughs> Yeah, because we
3: had No, I heard uh, what it was, was Brett, exclamation point, all caps, exclamation point.
0: We had a false alarm earlier that day, though. As soon as yep. we got set, somebody shot. We were like, Brett, just who do this? Like he, uh, <laughs> he did what we thought we were going to do to him.
4: But I think this is this is yeah. a perfect example, though, of like the teamwork, right? So you have Matt and Brett who are looking at aerial photographs all the time. And Matt's got 9,000 apps on his phone that give him day-by-day aerial pictures of, of each area. Um, and then you have the institute. That's a different topic for a different podcast. <laughs> and, it shouldn't take that many apps. And But then you have Parker who's like, hey, this field – you know, historically, I see a lot of good deer here and you've got this drainage that comes through here. And so you have a couple of guys who are all converging on this area and you have all this institutional information that's given to us combined with our personal skill sets and it's set up for really good success for Brett and and for all of us really. But I mean, it's just, it's really cool to see it all kind of come together.
3: Without, without giving away too many details, um, that the 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 whole reason that I ever went to that particular piece of public right there is because on the private land adjacent and this is this is good for you local people like anybody I'm not talking about local I'm saying like for your local areas um keep keep in touch with that like like when you see big deer on mm-hmm. private land like if you if, the, if it's in an area where there's public nearby, check like that's just good practice. Like, and so for the, for this this particular piece, I knew that there was a bunch of big bucks that had been seen and and killed on this private land, which tells me that the management is probably pretty mm-hmm. good. Uh, it also tells me that while it may be getting managed well, it is also being hunted because I'm hearing of deer getting killed on it. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe this public is not seeing that amount of pressure it may be even seeing less pressure than the private land if i hunt it correctly um and so that's kind of what it's been that was kind of the reason that 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 drew me to that spot in the very first place and and i think that's important i think you can you can really key in on regions right or not not regions but maybe areas um you got a big public chunk there's some areas that are just going to hold more deer Mm -hmm. some other some pockets that are going to hold more deer and that's for the public land and the private land Um, and so it was, I think that that, that spot being, um, being as productive. So the very first year that I went in there and scouted it, it was the same type of sign that we were seeing in there this year. Um, and it was the reason I was excited about it in the first place. And it kind of honestly has been a letdown in the past. It's not that I've, that I've not seen bucks. I just... It just doesn't, it, it didn't do, it never has looked the same way until this year. Now it looks the same. I think it has to do, I mean, thickets get thicker, right? Like cutovers grow up and the more, the longer that goes, I think you kind of get into a, uh, like it, it seems like right now it's got the perfect amount of cover, food, and still you're able to get, they're able to get through. Yeah. Um, Brent. But it's super secure, man, and, and very secluded. Right, I'm, cu- and that's it's awesome. I'm curious how did the how did
4: you utilize the information that Parker gave you, like as you're scouting in? So you have this like baseline not like information. So I know you'd looked at this area on the map, but then Parker goes and gives you information about the area. How did that impact your decision going in there? Because we, even when we got in there, you were talking about how you wish you'd kind of gone a little further and what you'd learned about that area. But as you're walking in, I'm always curious how people know when to stop. And so like with that information that Parker gave you, like how did that go into factoring into where you set up and, and how far you went?
2: Uh, well, I may have missed that, but I didn't, I didn't realize any of that till after I was already in the tree and Parker was telling me about that private over there. So I really didn't know that going into there. Um, pushing in there was, I seen all the sign out kind of on the benches uh, of the ridges. And where I found that concentrated scrape sign just, it told me that the deer were funneling through that area. And when I looked at the map, I was like, they got to be going to, to private, and I'm like, where where would a buck come from? This could be like dough bedding and satellite bedding and some of this deadfall. So,
3: well, and I
2: felt like I needed to push further up that, into that thicket at the top of that drain.
3: Brett, that it, we need to we need to note that that thicket's huge. Mm-hmm. Like we're not talking about yeah. just like a tiny a tiny well, place. You're I'm talking about an area that can give it away. Sure, sure. <laughs> and I don't think it does. It's a very large. It's a very large thick area it, it you know it it is what it is. it's just a it's a thick area, but it can house and you know that just by sheer size that it can house multiple deer um, which we also noticed. but like you said, we were talking about they could literally come from anywhere in these areas because you've got wind based bedding, which could be on the on the points of the hardwoods. those were. Um, the higher stem count than most open hardwoods, like they were, they were pretty thick hardwoods, um, that they could be potentially betting on. You mentioned the deadfalls that they could pe- be potentially betting in, and then you got this big giant thicket <laughs> that they could also be betting in. And so, like, I think with, with Walter's question, like, w- was there a particular way that you felt like deer were gonna? Or, come from and also um did it happen the way did it happen the way that you thought it would
2: I mean I thought the deer would definitely well the deer that I was looking for would be coming from that that thicket yeah. and I knew there was a possibility that they could be just on the transition line of it of where the hardwoods are, some of the blowdowns. So I tried to, when I seen the blowdowns, I tried to stay away from them somewhat and cut around them. And when I got in there, I figured I may see them maybe on the side of the ridges or right at the base of the one that my wind was blowing over. Um, I really wasn't expecting him to come walking down the other ridge he did like Per se, uh, but I knew they would probably drop down in the drain that I was in and head out. Is kind of what I expected, and that, I mean, he has, he did somewhat what I thought, but he kind of come from the section I wasn't expecting him to come from, in the same sense. But I knew with those two ridges that you know that gives them multiple areas. For them to come down in a drain, you know, versus just hunting, I guess, like a single drain that runs through the middle of a ridge. It's kind of like two ridges <laughs> meeting up with a the, with the drain, and there were multiple transition lines in that area with the different blowdowns. There was different sections of the thicket all in this next to this drain as well. It just And you had that private line that was just right there.
4: I think, I think
2: what I don't you know did. if I answer your yeah. question, but yeah,
4: yeah, it did for sure. I think that's also like getting to hear that in the person and being in that area, having seen it also helped because I kept saying like, why didn't you hunt, stop back there? Why didn't you stop back there? And you were just like, cause I knew they were coming out here. Like when you look at this area, they're going to come out in this area. Um, and so I probably would have messed that up, but I, I'll tell you the learning curve didn't stop there because when we clean Parker's buck, Parker shows us how he cleans his deer using his predator platform. Right. And that was a really unique experience. Um, And then Brett breaks down his deer in this like totally different fashion. He's got these, these like orange citrus trash bags that he packages his deer in <laughs> um, i think he i think it's a uh it's a marinade i think is is what he calls it <laughs> it's, uh, a, it's a
3: pre-marinade
4: <laughs> we brett is brett is like super meticulous about scent and so he's got these contractor bags and he pulls it out and i'm like oh man and i think matt's like oh man you got the scent kind. he goes uh uh scent free and i'm like smell my hand man and he goes well sure enough you know and so uh, his (laughs) wife had uh hoodooed him as uh, matt said and stuck a a centrist a centrist contractor bag in there but he's breaking this deer down and he's doing it in a way i've never seen and it's way better than i have and so um it just kind of building on that idea of like things that we were learning as we went it just it was constant man and so here we are brett
3: did you debone did you do it did you debone the whole thing or did you just pull out quarters quarters okay I want to see somebody debone yeah. it well because I don't usually do that, but there are times that I wish I would, um, and I just I'm not good at it, especially not like on the, like when you're kind of in a hurry like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I would love yeah. to see somebody
4: do that well, but at the end of the day, we're sitting here uh, one a day and a half into this trip, having shot two deer. Um, my hope was like we'd shoot a deer. Right. Because Parker's always poor mouth in this area and how bad the hunting is. And so here we are with a nice eight point uh, and, a, and a, and a, big 10 point, uh, at this point, eight point was it? 10 point. Mine was eight. Yours was eight. My first Yours was, was, was an eight. eight. And so, uh, I'm not gonna lie to y'all. I started to feel a little bit of pressure, um, because it's, it's, uh, it's no joke in this podcast, uh, that I am the world's worst deer hunter, uh, of the four of us. And
3: so, uh, Matt, were you feeling pressure? Were you feeling pressure too, Matt? No. Okay, good. I was going to say, shut up. No one cares.
0: No, I was just jealous.
3: I was jealous. All- shut up. No one cares. I was
0: jealous all y'all were getting to hunt. I, I mean, I was hunting too, but like, I wanted
3: Yeah, you only had one take left. I, now, wanted-, I wanted to <laughs> just to win the party. <laughs> I I was bummed I didn't get to hunt with you, Matt. Like I was really bummed about that. We just missed each other the whole week. I'm going to tell you something. Matt's a good sport
4: about it because that dude was the butt of about 80% of the jokes. If Forrester (laughs) wasn't used in a sentence, we probably weren't talking because at some point in time, he'd be like, hey, you know why those leaves are big on that tree? And i be like, I don't know why. He goes, because it's a big leaf tree. And I'm like,
0: <laughs> it's a big. All leaf right magnolia. then. So. <laughs> big leaf, big leaf magnolia. That's what
4: it was. Big leaf magnolia. And it, it was like, all right then. And so we're we're hopping through the woods. He's like, do you see these beech trees? He goes, I guarantee you, there's a scrape over there. And sure enough, there's a scrape over there. And uh, it was just cool because, like, he just saw the woods like a forester. And that's just a different level of intimacy. Um, and there's deer scat In- everywhere.
0: Intimacy. <laughs> <laughs>
4: And this was the other the other twenty percent was making fun of my choices of the words. trees, Matt? Well you know he did to your hips, so
2: uh It all started with how he was driving down this road that we like we pawpawed down because we had a boat. God, you know? it's a bad road. And and we we get in a road when we get in the truck with Matt and he's running like 35, 40 up this road and I feel like we're bouncing shooting sideways. He's. I got this. I do it every day. I'm (laughs) a forester. It all all stems after that. I am a forester.
0: (laughs) Gotta miss those potholes. Gotta get somewhere.
4: but at this point, you know, guys, we've gotten the, we got back to so Brett and I got back the first night, like at ten o'clock. It was late as heck. Um, which is like eleven o'clock my time because I'm used to Eastern. And so, uh, and I've been up since like five the day before. And so we go hunting the next day, and then we're out there late as can be, getting his deer in. And so I'm tired and we're looking at the forecast. I'm like, Y'all, it's gonna pour tomorrow. Um, why don't we take tomorrow and edit and do a podcast or or something, right? Do something to like Productive with this time, besides just sitting in the rain, and so that's what we did. We 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 BS. We ate our Doritos. We took our showers that night. We didn't go to bed with any hurry. And I wake up the next day,
3: and it has not rained. Like it has not. Rained. We did not take showers. Hmm? We did not take showers together. <laughs> you you re- no matter you what, really wow. you
4: really feel like Patreon you have to clarify that. No,
3: well you know I felt like Pat really took it out of context for us on Marco Polo. What was actually going on? <laughs> I wasn't there, Pat. Nope. <laughs> so. Yeah.
2: That night it flooded. Yeah. Cause. It did. It, it flooded, but it wasn't flooding that
4: morning. That's, like that's fair. That's it fair.
0: Was,
2: and so yeah. to Matt's
4: credit, uh, maybe it's because he's a forester, but I wake up that morning and I look at the forecast and there's like very little rain left in the forecast. That turned out to be a lie. And it's like seven o'clock. I'm like, guys, I got a three day tag. So I go down and I'm like, Hey Brett, you want to go hunt? Forecast looks like it's going to be clear and ain't really pouring like it's supposed to be. And I mean, it was supposed to be a torrential downpour every hour of that day till like two o'clock. And uh, mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, let's go. We're just sitting around. So I go upstairs. Matt is sawing logs, son. And that is a, a forester punt truth. picked for
2: you. No, let's tell what? him the truth. Let's tell we're him truth. the truth. Me and you were standing on the back porch looking at the water yeah, rise. you're right. And you look at me, it's like, the rain's not too, too bad. He's You're like, when are the deer going to move today? And I looked and I told you between 10 and 12 and you were like you want to go yeah let's go and there and then from there is this when you ran up there it's like, it's like
4: ah, I, we're going I, I, i'm banging i'm banging on the door matt doesn't respond i'm banging on the door and i'll sit here what and i open the door i'm like hey man you want to go hunting and there's this long pause he goes yeah I was like, we're, "We're about to go now." He's like, "He's like, all right." And he's just sitting there, just like, just like, up. Nobody ate breakfast. Ain't nobody got the daggum coffee. We're running out the door with like hoping to God we got all of our gear. And uh, we get out Brett, there. I had
0: to borrow my boots. Yeah, yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah. Mine were yeah. wet. The boat is completely filled with water. I mean, just like, oh my god, full of water. That
0: was uh, your so we, sweat the day prior. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah he pulled a grain plug and i said i said that's all that's from walter swift Dude, last man, because
4: we walked in so we walked in to get brett's deer and i'm in insulated pants and it's like 65 degrees it was cool if you were sitting still but it wasn't cool otherwise and so we're walking all the way in there we got to brett's deer and i had to shuck my britches for a little while just to dump the heat i'm sitting there in my daggone wool boxers and my boots uh just trying to like not turn into a whiny mess because I was hot, but, uh, we hop in Matt's truck and, and fly back to that area and kind of scout our way in. Um, we busted a group of deer as we came up to the edge of what I thought would be kind of a, a, ridge that, because I've hunted in North Georgia before and you have these finger points that, that pop out. And at the end of those finger points, you can tend to have deer bedded. And we came all the way around this corner. It's still kind of pitter uh, pittering rain. And my gut kept telling me to stop. And, and glass for just a second, stop and glass for just a second. And I just kept walking. And first, the first deer busts, the second deer busts, the third deer busts, the fourth deer busts, and they're all does. And uh, we're sitting there for about another, I don't know, five or six seconds. And all of a sudden, a really nice rack buck jumps up and goes with them. Um, and I couldn't get a shot. And everybody knows me as the most like toxically optimistic person ever. Like I'm always just optimistic about stuff. I hit a low so fast in that moment, it wasn't even funny. Because,
3: hold on. Yeah, I, this is the first I'm hearing about another nice rack buck in there. Y'all planning on going and going back in there without telling me saw another nice buck? In the spot? Why do you think
4: I went back Sunday morning? Only one
2: person. Oh, sees. here we go. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh so this is a waltz song
2: yeah but. yeah yeah it's I kind, got it's you. kind I of got like walt, <laughs> it's kind of we're like a walt
3: hearing. we're all right we're
4: good boy don't talk about hearing if you want to talk about seeing things so be it but you can't hear so i don't want to hear that um <laughs> it was a nice rack buck it's probably 140 150 class deer um cool and uh I kind of hit a low for a moment. I was like, man, I just blew it. My gut told me to stop. And uh, so, like, for the next, like, 100 yards, Matt and Brett are, like, kicking me in the butt. Like, dude, like, start walking. We're not hunting those deer. But there were a couple little ridges like this, and I kept thinking they might be on the other side. Um, And I also thought I was closer to where I was supposed to be. But um, we finally got to where we wanted to and stepped over your carcass from Friday uh, and got set up and, uh, near the exact same tree. What told you to sit up there, Walt? There was fresh sign.
0: (laughs) We just finally saw what we wanted. It's MRI. Most recent sign.
4: (laughs) MRD. Most recent death in that instance. Um, but, uh, I mean, literally we, we were within like visual eyesight of your, of your carcass. And so, um, we're sitting there like a bunch of Three Stooges in the rain because it is just pouring down rain. Got our rain jackets on. And uh, Brett pulls out this $400 grunt tube that he's got custom made. And uh, he's trying to mess with me. He's grunting and Matt is watching. And so Brett's over there doing this little Bert, Bert thing trying to mess with me. And uh, a few minutes later, we start to hear, this is what you told me?
2: No, I hit it one time way earlier. Oh. I was actually doing a call Okay, that him. was
4: intentional then. I got you. My bad. I thought that was part of the same gag. Um, to hear y'all tell it. No. But any event, we all start thinking we hear something over in this thicket. And um my attention span was that of a gnat's. Matt's like, hey, I know we just thought we heard something over here. Can I move around and get rid of this umbrella that's above us? We don't need it anymore. And so Matt starts disassembling this umbrella that's been above his head. And uh all of a sudden you hear like, r- r- r-. And I'm like, what in the hell is making this noise? And I look over my corner and Brett's in another tree about 20 feet away. And he's got this tree like to his side. And this man's jaw is locked up. Like he's trying to crack every molar he's got in his mouth. And he goes so,
2: blah,
4: like, like this. And he's pointing right here next
2: pointing in real and hard. This,
4: this dadgum. what I thought thought thunk at the time was a spike. I'm like, Walter Buck, we're sticking to branding right here. Like this is this is perfect for the, the brand. This deer walks over Parker's dead deer carcass. It was the I've got a I've got a I've got a yeah. I've already I'm already the guy that kills the bucks, and so now I'm, I'm this is just getting even worse.
3: Whoa, uh, that's not correct.
4: <laughs> Fair, probably shouldn't have said that out loud. I'll have to bleep that out. Um, I didn't make that up. Somebody else said that to me at a Dollar General. Can't say the R yeah. word. Um And so, this deer walks over Parker's dead deer carcass, walks underneath the tree pert near that Brett is in, and walks out into this little thicket. And so, I grab my gun. Matt throws his daggum umbrella between his legs, and
2: (laughs) (laughs) I pop. (laughs) He thought we was messing with. Did you? Yeah because he's got Matt was holding an umbrella like what? <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
4: We about botched this up because Matt thought we were messing with him.
2: Matt Matt sticks the umbrella between his legs and grabs the yeah.
4: camera. And so I, I grab my rifle and I can see this deer plain as day. There's like a, there's like a little pine tree and I could see the deer between the two branches. And I knew what I was looking at. I popped the scope cap off and I exhale as I raise the gun and fog the scope up. And I'm like, Oh my God, you've got to be effing kidding me. This is ridiculous. This is like my opportunity to kill a deer on this trip and so the deer goes behind a pine tree and i'm just sitting there waiting and waiting and matt's like is the gopro running like he's he's like in full production mode like like let's get this going (laughs) he's like is the gopro running and like i jerk my hand up and i'm staring at it and there's this like stupid moment where i'm like this into the camera and i'm like yeah it's running and i look back and the deer's walking it out into the thicket a little bit and it's fogged but it was the branches that kept me from seeing clearly what i needed to and if he stayed stood in the open i'd know what i'm looking at and so i bring my gun down he walks out I, i follow the leg all the way up uh this deer just eats the briars. I mean he just like bounds twice and hits the briars. I rack another round just because you know this deer's not getting away. And we all start to celebrate. And about the time we start to celebrate this deer bulldozes. I'm talking like unlike anything I've ever seen. Two front legs are not functional. And by not functional, I mean not at all. This deer bulldozes through the thickest briar patch you could imagine. And then into the open hardwoods, like a solid, what, Brett, 40, 50 more yards? Yep. And I start to kind of panic a little bit because I'm thinking, okay, I followed the leg up. I got to the lower third of the deer and I squeezed the trigger. What if I've just like crushed this deer's legs and he's not actually going to die, you know? And so we all climb down, you know, methodically and safely and uh, go over there to put the deer down and it's already dead. Um, And this might be TMI, but that seven mag blew bone chunks off of that deer. And as as you're following the blood trail, before the blood trail really gets like, graphic we find like femur chunks or whatever that bone is for the deer um like in the ground i don't know how that deer went as far
3: as it did um but we walk didn't wasn't he pushing his whole body though when it was just all back yeah. pushing the front the whole time just plowing it was
4: it was unreal
3: i've never seen anything
4: like that before in my life um And this is also the coolest thing that's ever happened to me. Everybody's heard of ground shrinkage. Last year, I shot a decent rack buck that turned out to be uh, a fawn with antlers. And uh, (laughs) I mean, the ground shrinkage was ungodly on that deer. And we walk up and the spike turns out to be a five point. And so that doesn't happen too often. Um, But lo and behold, we've got our third deer in, in two and a half days. And I was on cloud nine. I couldn't care less.
2: And we had it live on Marco Polo. We did. So, another, you know, if you've been thinking about it, you just missed a deer getting shot live on
3: yep. Marco Polo. Walt, Walt really, like, got, like, the full production of everything that day. Like, he basically yeah. just just walked into the woods, and you guys made a complete Hollywood-level film. With snails, and <laughs> the snail <laughs> drip, dripping water, and bucks and all kinds of stuff. Walt just got the treatment, man. I, on that trip, you know, it was it was a delight because there is
4: there is this will be the second deer this year that I've killed that I didn't have to run the camera on, and there is something really to be said for a the product that's created when that happens, and being able to just mm-hmm. be a hunter. Right, you know, um, the first year I killed this year, I had to make the judgment call on four or five different occasions as the deer got closer and closer over the span of about five minutes, and I would have had to adjust that camera every time, and the pressure margins would have been tighter. Um, and and I guess some people could even make an argument that self filming maybe jeopardizes, you know, the quality of the hunt. Right, like maybe we shouldn't focus on self filming quite as much because it does add an a factor to Recovering the the deer and making a good shot, and so I've well,
0: taken that route the, this year.
4: <laughs> Matt, you, t- well, the reality you took that is, right Matt, there away from me, man. You took that. I was that's exactly where I was going. With that.
3: The the thing is, the reality though is that um, anybody who wants to sell yeah. film, like a lot of people think they want to, but you don't. Like, if you are not like. Here's what I would say. I wouldn't wouldn't tell anybody not to because it is well worth it for me. But the thing that was more valuable was at least being able to maintain some type of consistency in my own hunting um, so that I actually had things to film. Because it gets really frustrating Mm -hmm. when things aren't going your way and you're filming. Like, it's tough to keep filming. Uh, Like, set yourself up for success first. Like, learn the woods. Mm -hmm. Learn how to hunt. Learn – become consistent before you try to start filming things because then it's going to really be really hard. Um, So that, that's a little bit of advice I'd give to anybody who's trying to figure out if they want to film. If you're not killing deer right now, if you're not kill, if you're not there yet, that's what I'm saying. I'm not trying to insult anybody's hunting style. Mm -hmm. If you're just not there yet and you're still developing and still learning, maybe don't film quite yet until you get a little more consistency. Yeah. And I don't, and I don't, it, it is hard. As you said, it is hard and it's not always fun and you don't always get the best product.
4: No, no, it's not going to look like Heartland Bow Hunter. It's not going to look like THP, mm-hmm. right? It's going to be a shaky wide angle shot. Um, every so often you're going to have it cropped in at the perfect distance with the right aperture because you're running ISO automatic, right? Like everything is on automatic uh, settings because you don't have the luxury of, of manually adjusting these things. And so, Uh, it's not going to look like you think it's going to look like in your head. And I think a lot of people really like the idea um, more than they're going to actually like what they get from it. And it's a lot of extra weight. It's a pain in the butt to carry it all the time. And you're worried about batteries dying in the cold and SD cards filling up. And how do I make this original? And there's the shot list in your head that you just can't get. Because you're only one person. I mean, it's it's tough, man. And so to have you guys there for this, like I think I said this like six times on the trip. I understand how THP sustains now. Like it makes sense, right? Like it, we're do we're we're packing a deer out at ten o'clock, but my back doesn't hurt and my shoulders aren't killing me and and I haven't been bent over the whole time because Brett would just you I guess he could just sense when I needed help or vice versa. And we just reach in and grab a, a quarter and like start working on the quarter for him and, and it just it, it was it was such a delight to have you guys in camp um for a variety of reasons.
3: Well you said you said you got back to camp at ten o'clock mm-hmm. as if that's like super late. Like, honestly, it's really not that bad. That's a pretty decent hour to get home from just killing a deer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, it. It when you've got people there, the things that are stressful, like Brett, the morning or two days before, when you're a mile deep trying to drag out a buck by yourself, mm-hmm. that's a lot more difficult. Mm-hmm. And, and it takes time. And I, didn't you tell us you got back at like midnight or something like that?
2: Yeah. me it, it, no, when you shot that
3: buck i thought you said you got home like super super late because he had like a mile drag right
2: yeah i well yeah it wasn't too bad because i had a i wasn't in the mountains i was in flatland so it wasn't near as bad and i had a good access to be able to get yeah. it out so it really wasn't too too bad but yeah i did get home i think it was like nine thirty or something but, but to be, but to, well, prove point <laughs> you know,
4: t- 10 o'clock not being that, li- that late. That's true. To get the shots we wanted to, it would have added a bu- bunch of time to that. To have packed, to, so I didn't get any well, of that. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. To get to, to quarter it out, you'd had to take more breaks because you didn't have two guys helping you. You grab that leg. I grab this leg. We flip the deer over. Right. And so, yep. you know, that's a, that's a midnight. No camera right.
3: up time. Right. That, that's, you know, like it's just, that's a
4: midnight set. You're more efficient. Exactly. And, to get to these areas, you got to get up at four, you know, or earlier, right? uh And so your your margin for error just plummets, and you're going to get tired qu- more quickly. It was just, it was really a. I keep saying it, but it was so, so much fun to share that camp with you guys, just for all of those reasons. And and I can Facetime you guys and be like, guys, and he did this and he did that, but all y'all can see is a grainy beard with a headlamp on, right? Like you, you're, you're not in the area. You you can't really appreciate the deer or how well he is or isn't in that instance. And, and you know, it's, that was fun. I'm ready to do it again. Like I'm ready to plan next year's trips. Like right now.
3: Well, what we ended up, we were going to talk about moon phase stuff, which we still kind of did a little bit. Uh, But I think maybe one of the main focuses of this is uh, I, I do believe that there is some efficiency that can happen in solo being solo kind of going and doing things on your own. There's definitely some efficiency that you can, that levels that you can see. I, I think um, Jared Schaefer is a great example of that. If you notice Jared hunts alone a lot, he does really good on his own and he's having a freaking phenomenal season. Uh, we got, we're, we're going to get him on a podcast soon. Um, because he's having such a good season, and and that's a big element to his style of hunting. But I think in this particular instance, and and even when you look back at turkey season, um, uh, our Patreon turkey hunt, our uh, our turkey hunt that we did when it was just me and Brett, uh, me Brett and Walt, um, like when when you're able to use people, right? That you if you, when you're able to trust people, I think that's the that's the biggest thing when you're able to trust people and you can bounce things off mm-hmm. and, and expect genuine, real conversation, not gar whole conversation. We're not talking about acquaintances. And we're not talking about people, you know, that you're just trying to help, you know, we're talking about legit. We are all wanting to be each other to be as equally successful as the other. Right. Like. There is so much value. And what you end up finding is that you probably have a whole lot more success. Me and dad are a great testament to that. Um I, I would say pretty much every time I can be struggling my face off. I could just be in the dumps, man. And immediately whenever dad gets here, for whatever reason, I kill something. Like it almost always happens for whatever reason. And I think it's because – we are constantly bouncing things off. Dad genuinely wants me to be successful and I genuinely want him to be successful.
5: Mm-hmm. Well, genuine and a little bit more hard. You'll you be somebody. a little more genuine.
3: With <laughs> <laughs> um, but in the same way, and I think that that's the way I think that that is more of a focus of, and, and it's why it's the reason we do what we do, right? It's the reason why we, we talk about Patreon. I think a lot of these guys that we've been hearing from are having the best seasons that they've ever had. And I, uh, while I give them full credit because they're the ones absorbing, they're the ones going out and doing the work. I guarantee you a lot of them would say that it has to do with the ideas that they're bouncing off of people in that group and expecting genuine answers, not the kind of answers you would give a a loser on Facebook. That's asking for spots. You know what I mean? Um, There's so much thinking value in that. And I think people are crazy if they don't take advantage of that or, and I'm not, I'm not trying to say just get on, on our Patreon. I'm saying like have buddies like that, that you can actually have those types of relationships with because man, is you're just going to be more successful. You're going to be, you're going to be doing better Um, because four minds are usually better than one, right? And five minds, so on. Uh, And, and it doesn't stop there, right? Like the very next day um, going back to, You know, thinking about things that we talked about this past week with the moon phase and the peak feed times and and, and all that stuff. Me and dad the next day, we were planning on getting up like we would typically do, 2.30 in the morning, go out there, be on the mountain. To be honest, the results would have been the same, but it would have been a lot harder work, which is great that we didn't have to do that. We decided instead to wake up at 6 o'clock and pretty much do exactly what y'all did the day before expecting that, sure, there may have been some first light movement, but we were tired. We just had my grandmother's Mm -hmm. funeral. Um, There's a lot of stuff going on right now. I just got home from the tour, so I'm just kind of tired, right? And we're like, let's just sleep in, and we did. I missed my alarm, actually. I woke up at 6.30, and uh, we just took our time, got some breakfast. I made coffee. The sun was up, and uh, we headed on out there and finally got set up. I think I got set up around 10 o'clock, um, ten thirty in the morning. And I had so much expectation and, and I know you guys weren't there yet, but it, it felt like the same weekend. It felt like the same thing. And you guys actually, you were probably like less than a mile from me whenever I pulled the trigger. Um, and, and so we get out there, me and dad had talked, people probably heard me talk about this big or seen it in the video, this big, giant buck that I missed last year uh, at like 10 Is that yards. the one you're gun and jammed on? Where my gun yep. jammed, yep. Um, and I, I told dad, and I think I maybe told y'all, like when I get the chance, I'm probably just going to sit this spot every day. If I can, I'm going to sit it every day. I know it's the spot. It's the It's got like at that point like an 80% success rate of seeing big, big bucks. Um, like definite shooters almost every time I go in there, it seems. but I have very specific conditions that I try to go in there. And, um, and we get in there and dad, dad, goes to his spot. I finally get set up and I've just got so much expectation, man. We've been, bucks have been dying. They're on their feet. They're moving. They're doing that midday, midday movement. Um, I want to, I believe that the moon was setting at 11, around 11 at that time. And, and so I knew that I wanted to be set up by 1030. That was my, my main thing. I wanted to be set up by 1030 because I wanted to be there at, I wanted to be able to be settled at 11. Um, and so dad gets into his spot. And I think he actually gets set up before I do.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I didn't climb a tree. I sat on the ground. Yeah.
3: He sat on the ground and it's like 1035 maybe. And dad's like, I, I just saw one really <laughs> like really for real yeah i just saw a buck and i was like well, did you shoot it no he didn't give me a shot and so i'm like oh man this is gonna be a freaking good day so literally i put my phone down it's ten thirty five. i just got there I put my phone down turn on all of my cameras every single camera pull my grunt tube up to my mouth and i do like five four or five i think it was four just pretty long grunts and I didn't even turn my cameras off. I put my grunt tube down and deer came running. It was like the most bone collector thing you've ever freaking seen (laughs) in your life. (laughs) It was like, it was exactly how it it does it in the TV show. It's like, and then bucks just come running. So in me, I put the grunt tube down. I see a deer coming off of this mountain, like piling down off of this mountain. And there's a buck behind her. And I can tell he's a freaking stud. And the weird thing, they're in. The, it's almost like a nightmare, dude. It's like they come from the exact same direction that big buck came from last year, which is just not where they should be at. But like it was, it was a hot doe. A hot doe brought him down there, and she came piling down off of this steep stuff. And I pull my gun up and I get my camera turned over to him. And this is all in the same shot that I grunted in. I hadn't turned my cameras off yet and was able to. Tell, like, yeah, that's for sure a shooter. I shot him. And uh, my gun jammed again. <laughs> um, I, I ended up shooting him twice, which is not irregular. Uh, it's pretty typical. But I do feel like uh, it happens a lot more in the rut because they're moving so much faster. Like, they are just always seem to be moving. Like, I don't feel like I ever get the shots that's just, like, still they're in the rut. Just a perfect Oh, there he mm-hmm. is. Let's turn the camera towards him. Let's zoom in real, especially not with the big ones. It's like they're always doing something stupid. And, um, goes back to what we were
4: saying a second for whatever ago, reason, when you're, when you're, when you're self-filming, I mean, just imagine yeah. had you had Matt there, right? I mean, it would have just looked totally different. I mean, heck Matt took five cameras. He took a GoPro. He took his ZV one. He took his G 21, the Insta 360 <laughs> So four cameras,
3: yeah. and then your phone, and, and a cell phone, and then a cell
4: phone. Yeah, for polo, and so he's just cycling through those. Right this this camera is yeah, good for this. This camera is good for that.
3: And they all and and to me they're insurance. Yes, yeah. they're they're your three sixty is your insurance camera. And I dude, this is crazy. I have not been using it much this year. Like my my battery broke. It's just been kind of a pain. But I knew I was sitting all day that day. And I was just so relaxed. I wasn't like in a hurry. And so I went ahead and got it hooked up to a different battery and got it all like just exactly like I wanted it. And, and I put the, I put the three, get this, I put the three sixty on the other's opposite side of the tree because the last time I hunted it, that buck came from that side. And I was like, well, just in case I'm going to put it on this side of the tree. Freaking deer came from the same spot on the right side, on the same side, uh, it just could not have been more perfect. And to make it even better, it was a clean ten point, uh, a a, ni- a really nice buck. Um, I was, I was freaking ecstatic, man. And and honestly, like the quickest hunt of my life. It was so fast. It was uh it was fun, man. That was a fun day on that mountain, and that just a really cool way to cap off a really really good weekend, like a very fruitful weekend. That's awesome for us. Man. And we got lots of great videos to share. Really, I'm really excited for everybody to be able to see everything from this week because it's it's a uh, it's good stuff. I think it's going to be. I think you know we're still
4: debating. I think a little bit like what we're going to produce and how what it's going to look like. At the end of the day, with everybody being there as a team, the video slash videos, whatever it turns out to be, I think is going to end up being like the pinnacle of what we produce this year, just because of all of the different content. The fact that I killed an enormous, uh, a uh, five point buck on camera, multiple angles. Sold I mean,
3: the horns off. Ah, I thought I was, yeah, dude, let's talk about that. It. Come on. Come <sighs> on. He, he, he just like, he just sawed them off. He just sawed off the antlers. Didn't even take the skull cap.
0: Well,
5: look at his shirt.
0: <laughs>
5: <laughs> He's got a valid point. Is it a, is it a Georgia? No, tr- it's a, it a Georgia shirt. shirt? It's a shirt. Oh. oh, I thought it was an ugly sweater. Oh, here we shirt. go again. I'm sorry. I thought
3: you were saying it was a Georgia shirt. Oh no. Well, it's got the colors. <laughs> I bought it for the colors.
5: Imagine if you were Florida State. Yeah. <laughs> so,
3: so uh, let's talk about this because I I do definitely want a listener response. Do we for this question? We definitely. Okay. Do. Yeah. All right. Because you're wrong, and you need to be known it to be told <laughs> yes. to you by by the population. Him. When you shoot a buck on a on a on a well, on your first Alabama buck,
2: first ever,
3: right? Yeah. First ever out of state buck. Oh uh, well, Georgia, kind of, but that's still kind of home. Yeah, that was home. That doesn't you. count. Um, A place you haven't ever yeah, been yeah. When you have the, and you pack out the deer You have an opportunity to You're talking to all these people about making content And you just screwed them when you didn't My Let Matt take a picture
4: My antlers were front and center Wire tied to the top of the pack They're in the footage You cut them off into two <laughs> shed antlers Dog, tro- do- dog toys
0: and- If they fell in the woods we wouldn't be able to find them They may have been like a stick or something <laughs>
3: I mean, you only got a couple of them, right? It's not like you're just running out of space. They sit, they sit. That
0: was an that was excuse, Parker. Uh, man, I just. You know don't have. I ain't got the room for them.
3: I ain't got the Ever. <laughs> like a two. Look at all of them. There's like, so much white. Skin there. Wow. Wow. <laughs>
4: So much white in there.
3: (laughs) So much space. (laughs) And it's not like he would have taken up a lot of space either.
1: (laughs) His six inch main
3: beams.
1: (laughs) Man, dude. I just
3: oh, that hurt my feelings. You
4: were really butthurt about that. And you know what's funny is Mm -hmm. like you could tell there was like an an anxiousness to it while I'm doing it to Matt and Brett. But they were just like, All right, well, here we go.
3: (laughs) Man. that could have been Hawk's first buck. Could have been. It will and, not be. And and you just broke his antlers <laughs> yeah. off. Like, you didn't even – are you going to eat him? Did you did you take the meat, or did you just leave it there I too? I left it with Brett. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding with you, man. You do whatever you want, but, oh, man, I'm kind of kidding. It really does. I don't think you
4: are kidding. I think you're being really honest. It does hurt yeah. my feelings that you
3: did it. <laughs> not because I'm genuinely offended, but because – just don't understand, <laughs> you know.
0: But, well, it's the most Florida thing Walt could have done. Like, <laughs> it's
3: true. I'm gonna walk in there tomorrow, and there's gonna be ribbons with his phone number on them, like, I, all over the I'm three guys, I'm the four days. He
0: surprised he didn't have a little hatchet and use the hatchet to just get him off. Instead, of, <laughs> he did have a pretty cool saw. I'll give him that.
3: He yeah, had to work boats too, so. Hmm. Oh man. Well, anyways, I had fun. <laughs> Still, despite that little, <laughs> despite that little, whatever you want to call it. Oh man, um, it was a good weekend, dude. I think people are going to really, really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but man, I, I got to say, like, it is. We 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 got to talk about it just a little bit, and I want to I want to give Brett the opportunity to nerd out. For just a second, because I think he was really wanting that opportunity to nerd out about the moon on this episode. Brett, briefly, well, I I mean, you always want to nerd out about the moon, so I figured you wouldn't pass it up. Briefly, tell us what you, how you felt the moon affected the hunts this weekend.
2: Uh, We killed every single one of our deer. That was brief. Uh, you You killed two you killed two on a major movement and two on the uh, minor movements that lined up perfectly. Yeah, uh, and and I felt like we went in, especially like with the one walk kill for that uh, that moon phase time. You know, we looked at the rain because we didn't go that morning. He had kind of asked me, what do I think the deer are going to do with this move phase? And I kind of told him, we're like, let's go try. And he killed his deer right there in between those times. Um, so The one that you killed starting off was dead on the major, and so, so
3: was mine. So rain also plays a pretty big factor, and I think for forever I would have probably i would have probably still expected the deer movement to be around those same times um with the rain i kind of felt like it made like a perfect storm scenario it was the natural time that they would have wanted to mm-hmm. move anyways mm-hmm. because of because of the moon phase but also the rain was just an even even greater reason for it um and so both of them working together, I, th- I felt like it, it, there there is some amount of grit and mental toughness that goes into it because because of that rain. Uh, but when you can see those when you can see those factors starting to line up and work together like they did, I just feel like you can go into the woods with a lot of confidence on those days. And and I think that what we did this weekend was proof of that.
5: Can I add something there? Yeah, because when we we took your your buck in to have it uh, processed, there were a ton of deer in that in that cold room, and and I think the processors could tell you uh, it was a pretty good pretty good uh, few days there for yeah for getting the bucks.
3: Yeah, locally I would say, uh, not just locally like Alabama, as in Alabama locally, it was just a good week. Now, Brett, did your other deer your other deer lined up too didn't didn't it the the first alabama buck
2: yes it did yeah so that was
3: that was a lot and 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 truthfully for real like it's not hard to make it line up sometimes Mm -hmm. with the peak because there's four times that they could potentially minor there's two minors and two majors um most of the time sometimes there'll be one that's that's not listed or whatever depending on when it's when it is but it's not hard to make them line up but they do matter and i think you're you're crazy if you don't believe that if you're not looking at it
2: well let's be honest it it's a factor it's not a make or break but anytime that you can line up that major with the time of day a deer already wants to move Mm -hmm. which is first light last light you just ask that's just a recipe for success and that's what happened uh, I feel like that's why a lot of deer were killed. If you notice, most all the deer were killed in the afternoon, where that major time, like just on my Facebook, watching other people in the afternoon, so it's absolutely just 11. killing deer. Oh,
3: I would, say, yeah, eleven right now. Eleven o'clock is pretty much basically feels like the afternoon. Sun's already flipping setting. It it, like- you know,
4: <laughs> it was it was interesting to me because I come in, I came into this weekend um, thinking that. The moon phase component to this was a a pile of do honky, and um, it was interesting to see how Brett articulated over the course of the trip, like how he thought it was impacting it. He never once said, let's go at this time because of the moon phase. It was always, well, the rain's going to quit now. We know they're going to want to check these areas. They're gonna want to go to the, like if there was there was all of this and and then it always was the last thing he said was and that's when fill in the blank moon phase is occurring so it was always like this um, this like contributing there's like cherry on top of the of the Sunday right there were all these other reasons why to go hunting and it was like but if you had to do like the 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 nail in the coffin boop. It's also a major moon phase right it's it's a major moon phase in the evening after rain all day long during the pre-rut seeking phase right like there was just this this like domino effect and uh it was pretty interesting to see how it played out because he would darn near call his shots as to when we would see deer and i mean at almost every turn it happened just like he said
2: yeah, the, the deer for you, for instance, kind of what I was thinking. Uh, we had inside knowledge from Parker and I had asked him after he killed his deer is like, when do you normally see deer in this particular spot? You know, his answer to me was nine to mm-hmm. 10, you know, maybe 11 o'clock. So when we were, you were thinking about going back in there, that miner set up perfect for that same time. You know, it was a contributing factor.
3: Yeah, we would we uh Dad, you killed a buck at around eleven a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um the last buck that I killed in the spot where I killed the bigger one, I killed him around eleven ish. Uh ten thirty, eleven o'clock. But for sure most of the time during the rut, nine thirty is like the kickoff, but it can be really any time in, in around there. Um but I will say I don't usually, I don't hunt a lot of evenings. If I do, it's going to be during this time of year, during the rut. But I, I've never killed a buck in the evening here at home. Um, Yeah, you said that. And then we killed three. That was the first one. Yeah, that was the first one. That, that first one I killed was the first one. Maybe it had to do with just the fact that I was there and all the things (laughs) lined up. Um, All of the other factors lined up, but.
5: But Wednesday is your day.
3: Wednesdays are days like That's Wednesdays your day. are a real day. Like <laughs> call it supernatural or whatever you want to. Also, if Wednesday is a factor, it seems usually like really it's a pretty productive day. Absolutely. You think it's
4: enough time yeah. to pass from the weekend pressure that they're starting to act normal again? That makes sense.
3: Yep, I do. I think it's the it's hump mm-hmm. day. It's the middle of the week. They've they're about as unpressured as they're ever going to mm-hmm. get because once Thursday gets there and Friday, people are starting to take. Days off, especially now when it's a rut, Wednesday's about as unpressured a deer as you're ever going to get. I feel like. That's awesome.
4: So so what you're saying is you're going to be tagged so out anyways, Wednesday and you're going to be trying to figure out what to do uh, until you can get down to Florida.
3: What's today? Today's Tuesday, yeah, right? Tomorrow. Tomorrow's Wednesday and we're going to be out there. So I'm going to be hunting where that same hot. I'm going to hunt the same spot that I shot that. That bigger bucket. The
4: SoCo standard is each deer you shoot has to get bigger. So figure it out.
3: And you know, that might be tough. That last one was a pretty what nice What do you think deer. it scores? Uh, uh, Never
4: mind. You don't score uh, a deer unless they're 150 or bigger. That's nah, what it is. Bro, I
3: ain't going to score nothing unless it's 150 inches. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't 150 inches. I'd score that deer. <laughs> but he's a nice deer. and, and Pop, it, what do you and, think that deer scores? You look,
4: a look like a guy that would score a deer that small.
5: Uh, what do I think you yeah, score? Yeah. I would put him uh um uh, one twenty six, one twenty seven, somewhere in there. Freaking stud.
3: I'd say one twenty three. That, that just your point
4: it doesn't matter. You don't you don't are. you don't score anything under one fifty. So if I had to guess, I'd say one. Here here's the cool thing about that picture. At we're FaceTime, we get pictures, we get pictures, we get pictures, we get pictures. It felt like every stinking time you sent a picture that deer got bigger. D- yeah, Every time Every, we're, <laughs> well, we're sitting I, I went to look at and some of like, the pictures that We're I... sitting there and it's like wow that's a great deer Parker congratulations and then you send this Picture with you laying down with your with your, your stumpy Leg next to it and I'm like wow that's actually a really Like substantial deer and then it's In the front of the <laughs> boat and the boat's like <laughs> cockeyed eyed to the side and you're like holy crap that's a Big deer and then you take a picture of the backup Camera and you can't see the boat for the deer And it's like good god man It just kept getting bigger and bigger
2: And then. And then we get pops's pictures, and we're like, yeah. "Wow, <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah." You were like, "I was trying not to be I like, like I don't, you know, it, it's a nice buck, and and it's it's a it's good. I was I'll never not shoot that buck, you know." And but y'all said uh, on on the FaceTime, you said, "Is it, it is it as big as Brett's?" And I was like, "I don't want to be like, I don't want to sound douchey. Like, I'm not trying to be mean. <laughs> I don't want to like." But I was like, I think it's like substantial. Yeah. <laughs> and y'all were like, Oh, okay. And then I finally sent y'all I think f- sent y'all some decent pictures of the deer and I think Brett's response was uh all caps. What'd you just kill, son? <laughs> it was it was a way different right. response than y'all yeah. had yeah. At, at the beginning. You're like, Man, it's awesome. Great well, deer.
2: It, in the beginning we didn't have service, so yeah. FaceTime was yeah. going in and mm-hmm. out, so it was hard for us to see. But yeah, I knew that deer was definitely bigger than the one I killed this weekend for sure.
3: He was he was a nice deer, man. I can tell that. I I'll be honest, dude, that the buck you killed the, those are deer that are you you don't pass them no. out there. Period. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah it's such a good deer. I, I felt like just all the things lining up. There were some good deer that got on their feet that might not otherwise. Maybe they would have, but we don't we wouldn't know any different we know that the factors that we were keying in on worked and and I also believe that the the value of the teamwork was the the, the it that was the thing you can you can yep. figure all these things out on your own but you can also really learn a lot from other people I think that's uh that's huge man
2: if you're willing to listen yep red shirt I listened the whole time I didn't <laughs> argue with none of y'all <laughs> I listened to y'all the whole time. You used to argue me all the time about the moon.
3: I think we, lo- I think we lost Matt. Benches. Matt passed out. I think Matt said. We're going 30-minute
2: binge it. on the phone about <laughs> the moon.
4: Well, I read a really crappy book about it, and so that put a bad taste in my mouth. But uh, seeing it in person, that was hard to argue with. But, Parker, I'm with you. Matt's gone. He dipped out. He hit his uh, his hour-and-a-half limit, and he's he's off to put on his fuzzy slippers and go to bed. So why don't we stick a, a fork in this, Joker?
3: Let's do it, man. Who do we need to thank? We need to thank anybody. Yeah, dude. We gotta we need to talk about any cool we people. We need to
4: talk about a lot of cool people, namely tethered, because we were rocking their gear this entire time doing some pretty long sits. Um and as far back as we had to go, and the fact we were always coming out heavy, which is always a blessing, the fact that the gear was as light and as compact as it was, that made life a breeze. Matt and I sat from nine to dark one day. Well, no, it wasn't nine to dark, it was a little later than that, but we were there were some really long sits. Um and uh i never once got uncomfortable i mean in the spit and rain and whatnot i mean i never got uncomfortable and so i want to say thanks to tethered uh i want to say thanks to join or die holy crap dude those knives you know we never even talked about that i showed the boys how to use that that lansky sharpener that i've got and we would process an entire deer well not process the entire deer i shouldn't say that we would we would quarter an entire deer quarter go back yes. to camp and just with a few strokes i mean like four or five minutes um you got a perfectly sharp knife ready to go the next day, um, and they made quick work. I mean, quick work of those deer. Um, use the promo code Soko Hunt by uh, the way, ten percent off.
3: I I went back and watched those Marco Polos of that you did while we were while we were me and Brett were skinning my yep. buck, and like we were just like, wah, 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 wah. like it was like both of us just like cutting away, yep. it pretty successfully like. Not screwing up much, and we were just like hacking at that thing. It was so much fun, man. Um, and it does help when you have a knife that works, mm-hmm.
4: that's comfortable in your it hand, does help. it's sharp, it stays that's sharp. Right. I mean, that was awesome. So, uh, I know several people in the Patreon group have bought them. Uh, they put it on their Christmas list for their wives. Um, I know they have a cutoff at some point in time before, you know, these are custom made knives, they don't just have a, a bin of a thousand of these they can sit there and send to you like Gerber. So, um, you know, hop on there, get your order, Soko Hunt, 10% off. That lets them know we sent you as well. Uh, we don't make any money off of that. That's just to let them know it's a benefit for you guys and, and uh, to let us know, that let them know that you, we sent you. Uh, and then, you know, I just want to say thanks to Patreon again. Th- those guys made that happen. That would that, that, that camp probably yeah, wouldn't have happened without that cabin.
3: And it was so much more yeah. fun. Like It felt like the whole team was there, too, because we were able to get everything dry. Like, again again with Mm -hmm. with the team there we were able to get stuff and and people it it kept it going all weekend long that was a lot of fun yeah
4: and then i want to say special note to old huff coming out and hanging out with us um tk was supposed to come out but he bailed at the last second predictably and so um you know huff came out and and hung out with us and tried to get us to buy a thousand dollar backpack and (laughs) <laughs> um, ran to the grocery store to get pasta sauce because I left it at Dollar General and so I just want to say thanks to everybody man this has been a blast this has been a dream come true sharing, sharing hunt camp with you guys and being as successful as we were we'll probably have hunt camps that aren't this successful in the future and so I'm really savoring it you know there's going to be some hard hard hunts in the near future so um, until next time guys speak, speak for yourself dude dang don't put that evil <laughs> you just on me know it's going to happen it's going to happen there's <laughs> going to be a hunt where we grind it out and maybe don't kill anything
3: it's going to happen well I'm hoping it never happens again I
4: agree I agree so with that all right boys. Be good,
2: see ya